This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Welcome everyone back to the broadcast. I'm David Woods from Bruin Report Online, the UCLA site on the 24-7 Sports Network, and I am coming to you mere moments after UCLA's 42-7 dominating win over Stanford on the road. Uh, bounce back win. UCLA is now 5-2, and two, um, sort of as expected. Uh, but the big thing, uh, the big note pregame and then in the game, was Ethan Garbers taking over at quarterback. Now, you might be uh, tempted to put a caveat on his performance, and I think it does exist that this is against Stanford. Um, But eye test plays here, and the eye test was pretty strong in favor of what Garbers did in this game. Um, So many things. I mean, he was accurate making his throws, for sure, um, but... The quickness of his decision-making, not only to throw the ball, but also to make plays with his legs against a broken, you know, a, a breaking pocket. Um, you know, I thought the offensive line protected fairly well at different moments, but this is against Stanford. Um, it wasn't great, and he made he made the plays you have to make as a quarterback in an offense with an offensive line that's, you know, uh, probably below average at best. Um so just, you know, contrast what he was able to do with his legs to what Dante Moore was struggling to do with his legs in the in the previous three games. And um, that really stood out, but also just accuracy of place, placing the ball um, and the quickness with which he was getting it out. Um, that was that was huge in this game. Um, and it led to a much, much more regularly successful passing attack. Um, after the first quarter, it didn't seem like they'd really challenged Stanford downfield much at all and didn't give Garbers a ton to do, but um, within the confines of what they were executing, it was a totally competent quarterback performance. And I think given what we've seen from the quarterback position over the last three weeks, that's really what UCLA needs. Um, so... I. Big takeaway is Ethan Garber started the game, and it's hard to imagine him not starting the next game and the next game after that unless he significantly falters in his performance. Now, a lot of people made the point pregame, and I think it's valid that, well, this would have been a get-right game for Dante Moore, too, um, and it might have been. Or it might have also been the case where he doesn't make the plays when the pocket's breaking down in the first quarter, and instead of it being 14 to nothing very quickly, it's seven to nothing or three to nothing or, you know, I mean, just you can't um, 
you know, the way you build a blowout is one score at a time, and uh, those early scores matter. It didn't take Garbers long to get into the flow of the game. It didn't take him long to realize, hey, i got to make some plays with my legs. Um, and that's why they were able to build this kind of um, methodical blowout, because that's the word for this game. It was methodical. Everything about this game was methodical. UCLA had uh, three drives, four drives, of over 10 plays. Um Two of the touchdown drives were a combined 26 plays. One was 15 plays for 97 yards, 6 minutes and 43 seconds. They had two non-scoring drives of 10 plays or more. Um, Both ended with missed field goals, which we'll get to in a second. But it was a very methodical game plan. Um, So to put up 42 points when you're only, uh, I think they only ended up with, uh, finished with 14 drives, but one of those was end end of game, which doesn't really count. Um, and the, the end of the first half also probably doesn't really count. So on 12 drives, 42 points is, it's pretty damn good. Um, but it was very methodical, uh, working, working a lot of run, a lot of kind of short runs, a lot of just efficiency runs, but, um, you know, not a ton of explosive plays in this game. It was, it was much more efficient than explosive. Um, but in that, you know, getting back to the main point, um, having Garbers in there from the jump where he's recognizing the complexion of the game, not trying to hit home runs, but just trying to keep the drive alive, keep the drive alive, keep the drive alive. Um, clearly that was his priority. Clearly his priority was just running the offense and, uh, and the results were what they were. Um, Dante Moore came in late, looked fine. Um, hit three little crossers to Josiah Norwood, um, ran the ball himself, uh, looked good doing it. Looked you know, I don't think any of his problem is really athleticism. I would say he's probably just as, if not more, athletic than Ethan Garbers. Um, but it's just that feel, that feel for the pocket, feel for the game, feel for, you know, when things are breaking down, you know, where do you go? And uh, Garbers has it a little bit better than more at this point. Um, else, uh, I mean, elsewhere in the offense, it was a, again, it was a very methodical game. Um, you know, in the running game, um Carson Steele had, I think it was probably two runs of 10 yards or more, and then it was just three-yard run, three-yard run, three-yard run, three-yard run. Um, and TJ Harden, it was much the same thing. He had a 22-yard run for a touchdown, but then besides that, it was a lot of zero yards, two yards, three yards. Um, Stanford's, uh, if you had a, a bit of a concern after this game, if if I was going to acknowledge a slight concern, it's that UCLA wasn't able to run the ball as effectively as it should have against what was a very bad Stanford run defense coming into the game. Um, and you, you might say, oh, you're crazy. UCLA ran for 221 yards and four touchdowns, but that's on 54 carries. And uh, eight of those were Garber's runs where it wasn't designed. Uh, and another one was a more run where it wasn't designed that way. Um, and that was 62 of those yards. Uh, the two main running backs had uh, 131 yards on 32 carries. Um, I was really expecting something like, you know, 200 plus yards for uh, the steel Harden combo, um, and we didn't see that. So if you had a slight concern out of this one, it's that the running game never really got going, and there was some, there was some funky stuff they were trying to do. There was a lot of weird motioning, um, and uh, we'll get more into depth on that um over the coming days but it was uh they were doing some curious and interesting things um but 
uh, end result, they ran 88 plays for 503 yards, which, you know, on a per play basis, it's not, again, it's, it wasn't an explosive day. It was an efficiency day. Um, and so they succeeded in having some long, long drives, but there were a lot of moments where they were just kind of one missed play away from a drive dying. Um, and so that's why you want explosive plays. You want explosive plays so that you don't, it, it, um, it keeps you from having to be perfect. Um, you know, UCLA ended up having to, having to convert a lot of third downs and they were very good on them. They were 10 of 17 on third down, but just being in that many third downs, you don't want to be, you want to, uh, be constantly converting on second down on first downs, you know, get a first down on a first down. That's the ideal thing. Um, but there were a lot of, uh, you know, three yards on first down, four yards on first down, um, which aren't successful plays. You want to have at least five. So, um, offensively, I mean, it's hard to complain about 42 points. Uh, of course, you know, some of that was some short drives off of, uh, some Stanford miscues, but, uh, 42 points that's, you know, at this point, given, you know, what we've seen against Utah, Washington state and Oregon state, you're going to take that any day of the week. Um, and again, big takeaway, Ethan Garbers, um, did exactly what UCLA needed its quarterback to do. Uh, on the defensive side, it was a absolutely dominant showing um, for like the vast, vast majority of this game. If you want to nitpick, obviously uh, Stanford kept shooting itself in the foot. A um, lot of penalties for Stanford, but I, I don't really want to nitpick. Um, this was, I, I thought, a, a really good bounce back showing from a defense that got, um, you know, maybe got humbled for the first time against Oregon State, um, but. In this one, despite going against, you know, so one thing I will say is Stanford's quarterback, Ashton Daniels, really hung in there despite playing behind an even, like, one of the most porous offensive lines in the league, I would say, just eyeballing it. Um, and, you know, they had to, UCLA had to keep the pressure on because you could you could kind of see it bubbling up in the second and third quarters that Stanford was trying to make some drives happen. And it kept, you know, again, it kept, you know, uh, shooting itself in the foot with some penalties, but um, needed to keep the pressure on Daniels because he was hitting some throws that were kind of silly. Like their touchdown uh, drive was really nice, and he had a really nice touchdown throw over the middle. Um, but they kept putting drives together where they kept turning it over on downs. They did that four times in uh, the third and fourth quarter. But um, each time they were, you know, moving the ball okay. Um, so... Uh, to keep the pressure on him, um, you know, I think uh, Murphy twins were really good. Um, Gabriel Murphy had a couple of sacks. Um, Leatu Latu got some really nice pressure on him from the backside. Um, and there, there was just some really good timely play from the front seven. Um, but Stanford was able to move the ball. And that was my read on the, on the way this game was going to go. I didn't, um, it, it, I mean, if you were reading our stuff all week, you got the heavy hint that we had an inkling that Ethan Garbers was going to start. Um, there's a reason we kept mentioning, oh, he said he was going to redshirt, but man, they should really kick the tires on this one. Um, and I hope, you know, people read that in the way it was intended, but who knows? Um, but uh, my, my impression of the way this game was going to go is that UCLA would have some issues offensively just from it being kind of, you know, that's the way of UCLA's offense this year. Um, but that also Stanford would be able to move the ball and, and score a little bit. Um, and so to hold Stanford to seven, 
given that they did find a combination that worked in this last game against Colorado, uh, that's a good showing. Um, and so even with, you know, I think Stanford finished with a per play average of almost five yards, which, you know, you might say, oh, that's not actually that dominant. Um, I thought this was a really nice showing against what had been a very good Stanford or not very good. Sorry, that's that's the wrong word. Uh, a relatively good Stanford rushing attack. They held them to 24 total yards um, on 17 carries, and some of that is sacks, but still, uh, and forcing them to be very one-dimensional um, uh, passing the ball. I thought it was a, a really nice showing defensively. Um, so, yeah, uh, UCLA now 5-2. and two. Um, You know, this is what we were saying. Um, UCLA is now into the softer part of the schedule, and that does continue next week. Um, I think, you know, the, the Stanford team just beat that Colorado team that UCLA plays next week. So you might have an idea in your head about Colorado, and it is, it's certainly a more dangerous team than Stanford. Don't get me wrong. Um, but very similar um, quality of defense uh, compared to Stanford. Like UCLA, what it was able to do offensively in this game, it should be able to do again against Colorado. And it's very one-dimensional offensively. So, um, you know, I think UCLA is going to be heavily favored in that game. I would still anticipate something between 17, you know, 17, 18 points at least. Um, and, uh, you know, I think they'll they'll be primed for a pretty good showing. And if Ethan Garbers is again the starter, I think you can expect some relatively steady play. Um, and at the very least, not the like catastrophic errors that we were seeing from Dante Moore and, uh, this offense, you know, it's got the, it, it, it's certainly not the offense of last year, but if the quarterback's not making catastrophic mistakes, there's enough talent at receiver and in the running back room that it'll be a relatively efficient offense. That's probably with all that running correctly, it's probably a top 30 offense in the country. So um, that can certainly play and that can certainly work uh, over these, especially over these next three games. And frankly, given what we just saw at a USC uh, against Utah, probably can work against USC too. So um, obviously dreams for the season are not yet dead. Um, You know, we'll see how the next couple of weeks shake out. Um, I'm very tired. I'm babbling now. It's 1121. I got to start writing. So uh, we will talk to you again next time. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.